0: Welcome one and all to your movie reviewing and reappraising podcast The podcast's name, of course, is Be Real My name's Chance Solomon Pfeiffer And I'm Noah Ballard And buddy, I don't even have any, like, uh, wordplay or joke or pun for the beginning Because I feel like these movies took them all, A, and don't deserve them, B
1: Yeah, this week we've gathered to talk about uh, toy stories But we're not going to do Toy Story, because, like Toy Story is amazing.
0: Yeah, the off-brand Toy Stories.
1: Nobody was, nobody's been like clamoring for a, a reappraisal of Toy Story.
0: But Toy Story could be a good baseline though for what these three movies we're going to discuss today don't get right.
1: Right. Well, you've you've probably seen Toy Story, you dear listener. Mm-hmm. So let's uh let's keep going.
0: May yeah maybe you haven't seen though uh, Small Soldiers, The Indian in the Covered, and Child's Play.
1: I certainly hadn't seen Child's Play, and I hadn't seen, I don't think, The Indian in the Cupboard since its 1995 release.
0: So let's go to the Ethos Corner because of uh, something that the shirt Noah is wearing reminds me of. Thanks. Thanks for doing this. Keep it real. Think slow. We should get through it just fine.
1: Little runner, Donnie. Donnie, Little writer. It was the summer of 2012, and we had gotten two comped media tickets for Even Yanni. Then,
0: we were members of the media somehow.
1: The the girl I was dating at the time, like had them oh, through work or right. something. I yeah, Andrea had that. them and... And she, like, jokingly, I remember her jokingly G-chatting me and being like, would you want two tickets to Yanni? And I don't think I've responded to anything faster. Like, <laughs> yes, this is, this is the moment where your comp tickets come in handy. Um, but Chance and I attended. Yeah, we went to um, Holmdale, New Jersey, right? Went to Holmdale, New Jersey, to the PNC Bank Arts Center and saw him pretty close up. Yeah, there's nobody there. There was nobody. There was not that many people behind us, right? Um, but there certainly also weren't that many people in front of us. I had, but you had never really like spent any time with Yanni, though, not and a lick. His, and, his and discography, honestly, not much sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, but Yanni's such an interesting. I just remember when I was a kid. Like my dad. My dad has this like tendency to like he'll only play music's like very like seldomly but when he does he just plays it at like an inappropriate volume and like we have speakers like all around the house and he just like turns it up and it's just like yeah and it's usually classical music but i remember when i was like five or six years old of him just having yanni's live at acropolis on tape (laughs) and putting that on and it is i mean if you have like uh what do you call it spotify or title or iTunes music or whatever it is. Like, just give him a. It's pretty. If you need, like, some uplifting, sort of ambient, like, feel good orchestral music. <laughs> It's yeah. sort of new agey orchestral music. Braggadocious
0: and like, orchestral. It's aesthetically braggadocious, I would say.
1: Right. And they all have titles something like Behind the Wind or like After <laughs> the Rain. You know, The Mountain on High. That's a little too religious. They're not very religious, but they're no. just like.
0: Love is their religion.
1: Do you dream of streams? <laughs> you know.
0: We're all yeah, children of the river if you think about it.
1: And my favorite Yanni track, I would have to say, and he played it at the PNC Bank Arts Center and blew my mind, was um, A Hard Rain Must Fall, which includes two of the most incredible both bass and violin solos. It was an evening with Yanni, which is exactly what's printed on my current t-shirt with a full bust of Yanni <laughs> underneath
0: the funny thing about that shirt in addition to everything about it is that <laughs> while we got the tickets for free you had to borrow money from me to purchase it because it was oh, that like sounds 45 like a move.
1: <laughs> yeah I probably brought like 20 this is like right out of school we were broke right it was, like, yeah. it was like 35 or 40 dollars yeah thank you for did I ever pay I'm sorry
0: no you definitely did that was not why I brought it up it's just funny okay.
1: Yeah, I mean Um, it's really aged into like one of my go-to like weekend shirts Sure It started out like a little, you know when you buy a t-shirt and it's like a little crunchy Especially one with like a graphic on the front
0: (laughs) Right, a large, large graphic of a Greek man's head
1: Right (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well after washing it maybe what, 50, 60 times Nice It's now come to a point where it's very comfortable Very good Kind of silly Okay let's run We told
0: people the films Small Soldiers Ending in the Cupboard and Child's Play Which one would you like to do first? Um Why don't we start with Child's Play? I think the funny thing about Child's Play Which is the first movie in this Chucky horror series Which I think is six movies long about this, About this yeah. killer doll Chucky is like a well-known. Well, that's what I like about it, is that it, or I, not what I like, but what I find interesting is that these movies, no moments from the movies, nothing from the movies is popular, but everyone, like a like a well-branded toy that you can't get away from, like knows the doll. <laughs> so the funny thing about this movie uh, that I don't think most people know, I definitely didn't know, is like, how, what is the chucky doll like how does it come alive and it starts with right the movie like basically cold opens with a cop coming around a corner being like sergeant i've got the strangler and you're like what and brad durif is running and instantly i was like you know what? i bet brad durif's soul goes into chucky because <laughs> brad durif's such a creepy motherfucker um but that is what happens, and I had no idea. So yes, you have to suspend your disbelief a lot, yeah, right the hell well, that's, away.
1: That's what sort of I think because this movie, I'll, I'll admit early on, had lost me almost instantly sure. because it, it cold opens like an episode of Hill Street Blues, yeah, and then quickly pivots into sort of like a like campy horror, yeah, but like with such a strange sort of flourish. Yep. that i speak like we had talked before the episode of like these movies call to uh, the audience to speak at them like when you view them definitely I've i a lot during these movies right right when the sort of transformation of brad dorff going into the chucky doll i said to the screen no <laughs> cuz like what happens is he like he gets shot a couple of times. We well, get shot once in the leg, then falls into a toy store. Yeah, and then like gets shot again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's like wandering around the store. The police detective bleeding out. Who, bleeding out. The police detective who has up until this point been pretty competent. Like can't seem to get out of the vestibule of this toy <laughs> store enough to like chase him into the store. But that's fine because he can't get too close. Otherwise, maybe he'd get blown up by it. But then Brad Dorf like falls into a wall of good guy dolls,
0: yeah,
1: and like takes one of the dolls and like stares into the doll's soul. Then out of nowhere, <laughs> out of fucking nowhere, he starts like muttering in a like some like not real language, yeah and the weather much like storm from the x-men or something like the weather begins to like change and culminate above him mm-hmm. and he's the doll now
0: yep
2: everyone has a birthday they'll always remember can
1: we open my presents now mommy a good guy i know it <laughs> i He's something,
2: isn't he? This is Andy's. Time
0: for bed, Andy. Good night, baby. Good night, Aunt Maggie. Good night, This is an interesting one to start with, too, because, uh, you know, all... The other two movies, especially Small Soldiers, like have something to say about toys and toy culture. Right. And we've got a guest coming up who will speak. to Well, this to one that.
1: does, I think. Does also it also speak to that? Yeah, because the idea that they're called good guys, and the idea that like, you know, Catherine Hicks, parenthetically, the mom from Seventh Heaven, uh-huh. who plays the matriarch in these films, um, or in this film, uh, she like has to jingle all the way herself to getting one of them That's for true. him. For his birthday Like I think it's a very like toy Centric I mean they're basically The uh, the turbo men
0: But once it gets going It might as well be like Death Wish 4 or something It's like the doll is just oh, kind yeah. of like Marching around like the most dilapidated Horrifying parts of Chicago In the late 80s right? Uh, like trying to exact revenge And like the fact that he's a toy Has nothing to do with it
1: no, and the weird thing about it is like It's so hard to take the sequences Where he's like interacting With like another fully grown human The toy's not very big right. It's maybe like 36 inches off the ground Yeah, You know, maybe even if it was filled with sand It would be no more than 10 pounds
0: <laughs> uh-huh.
1: And for some reason like it has Like the, the torque To, like, push people out of its way. Demonic torque, man. And it's kind of, like, it's definitely campy. That's what they're going for. But, like, let me put it to you, Chance. Isn't it kind of funny, like, to see Chucky, like, stab at the guy with his little knife when he's, like, trying to drive the car? But, like, still, like, the most he can do is, like, puncture him from beneath or something.
0: Yeah, that's the camp that I imagine gets more played up as the series goes. Like, not that I've sure. seen them or not that I probably ever will.
1: But I read all the synopses for all the Chucky movies after I watched this. And, like, yeah, they don't get much better, like, in what their, like, setup is. For right. like why is this toy running around murdering people?
0: That doesn't make a lot of sense. It's just possessed by uh, Brad Dourif, apparently a famous... Fam- the Lakeshore Strangler, they call him. Um, Which
1: you texted me earlier. The, so the setup to the movie too is like he has to seek his revenge because like his serial killer accomplice like yeah. drives away the van. As a rule, and like that's the famous stranglers do not have
0: partners.
1: <laughs> right. It's like it was like Ocean's Eleven, but for like murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for guys with
0: ponytails strangling oh people in alleys.
1: Yeah, we gotta get the band together and choke some people out Right, um, it's a, it's, it's a very, that's, that is my problem with this movie Like, it's a very flimsy conceit And really no, like, moral reason to have it be a toy
0: Right, I think that's more what I meant when I say it doesn't have much to do with toy culture It's like, this movie doesn't really have any commentary other than, like, wouldn't this be creepy
1: yeah, where the other movies are, like, poking, yeah, at corporate sort of greed. And I would say Indian in the Cupboard, you know, its only goal is to be, like, remember when you were a kid and toys were magic? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, kind of thing, which is, like, fine. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, this one is so far to the, like, something you held dear is fucking scary. Yep. It's a toy, <laughs> you know? it's It's just, like, it's still in the same realm as, like, Deathbed, the bed that eats people. Because
0: pretty simple, right? Like this doll just like wants to trick the kid and kill the
1: four people in the oh, movie. Yeah, because the setup becomes once we figure out like because you're not really sure like why Chucky exists, right? For like a lot of it, and you're like, oh, he's there for revenge. Yeah. But then he like doesn't want to be a doll anymore, so he goes and like finds like that Caribbean <laughs> well, guy who we've the not funniest. been introduced. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's by far the funniest part of the movie to me. Is like it has to stop like two-thirds of the way and be like, it, it it presupposes that a man taught Brad Dourif's strangler character Voodoo in like an honorable way, like an older right. Creole gentleman living in Chicago. Right. And Chucky comes back and he's like, John, it's me. And he's like, Chucky, everything I taught you, you've perverted. And it's like, <laughs> what? Why this is just a man who wanted to use voodoo magic for good in Chicago in the 80s
1: You know this movie kind of reminds me of in its setup is sort of uh did you see the new x-men
0: Which one last apocalypse Stand? oh no Oh no
1: well the the apocalypse character like has this thing where like he like Mind melds with people and then he like goes into their body and takes their youth But also like brings all of his powers with him from the last body mm-hmm. So it sounds sort of, like, like a, a similar Sounds
0: like a handy power
1: yeah, it's like a power he is he eats other people's powers I Anyway
0: w- Oh, but the other thing, the reason we brought up that scene is like The doll is turning human slowly, like unbeknownst to the doll, right?
1: Right Which
0: is creep. did you notice its hairline started receding? Yep Because <laughs> it's, apparently it's like turning into like an older man <laughs> I, do- I really didn't care for that
1: Well, it's living at the life expectancy of your average doll Oh yeah Which is sort of interesting how you read it? I think that's a very generous read on something that, like, was luck at best. Literally just the costume. Well, it's interesting because, like, not only is the costume, I'm sure, deteriorating, they also need to have him do more complicated stunts. Yeah. Like, as the, like, the movie progresses leading to the climax. So they, like, have to at some point put a person in the suit where Mm -hmm. some shots, like, there's not a person in the suit. They're, like, it's on a string or something. Yeah. But at some point, they need to put a man in the suit. So they need to like slowly make it more human so you believe by the end of it that it is like a. But the effects are pretty good. Like, I'm. Oh, they're decent. I, yeah. I'm in like the Chance and Pfeiffer school of thought where, like, if you show me like bad claymation and like shitty but practical effects, like, I will buy in so much harder than I will with just like shitty digital.
0: Yeah, you can tell they didn't have a lot of money and they made the best of it.
1: But I think for the for the money, this is the kind of like genre picture that's like, like thumbs up.
0: Yeah, I guess. The other thing, can I bring up something that I that I hate across sure. all of
1: these movies? Sure. You have
0: a lot of child actors, uh-huh. but you have a lot of people kind of forced to act poorly with inanimate objects.
1: Right. But not specifically only do, a doll.
0: Not only do they have to act with dolls they then have to act like they're not able to repel what the dolls do to them making it a doubly sort of unbelievable performance in all three of the movies
1: this tr- genre also has the unfortunate like side effect or maybe symptom of the really annoying boy lead oh yeah like they all have them and this this boy in particular like I think maybe he is the most interesting performance of the three. Can I say that?
0: I 100% agree.
1: But you see him like becoming sort of desensitized to like violence or like yeah. realizing when like a a a cause is lost in sort of like a sad and like frightening way.
0: That's true. That's a good point. And for point. that
1: I'll give this movie some credit.
0: Sounds like we're about to get to a rating.
1: Should we before we do that should we remind the listeners how we How we do this?
0: Yeah, good, good, bad, good, good, bad, and bad, bad. Let's explain them.
1: All movies and most of life can be described with our rating system. The four categories are good, good, bad, bad, good, bad, and bad, good. The first good or bad refers to intellectual quality. The second is pure pleasure.
0: Good, good is easy. Things that make you feel smart and happy and that for both reasons you'd want to do again. Like watching The Departed or Jaws or calling your pal to do a podcast with him. Good, good movies make Noah say... Love that.
1: Bad, bad is easy, too. Things that bring you neither stimulation nor joy. Basically, you just wasted your time. Things like watching White Chicks or Wild Wild Wests. a conceptual double album of Christian pop punk. Bad, bad movies make Chance say things like... I hated that.
0: Good bad, then, is something you recognize as worthwhile, but not something you enjoy. Schindler's List, Requiem for a Dream, most classical music, eating your goddamn vegetables. Good bad is about being an adult, and these kinds of movies make no assay.
1: I mean, I'm glad I saw it once, but never again. Conversely, bad good is for your thoughtless inner child. It's Cheetos, it's late career Billy Joel, it's movies like Christmas Vacation. Honey, Kids. And Deep Blue Sea. Bad good movies
0: make chance say, but it failed in such an entertaining way. Got all that? Now buckle up because you're about to hear an opinion stated as fact.
1: My favorite part about the ratings thing is the is the old timey music. Well, yeah, it's I, the uh, frog leg. Do you leg picture? Rag. Do you picture in your mind's eye, like you and me as two sort of like prospectors? <laughs> Right. Like, in an old-timey, like, movie reel, like, in, like, a, a western town being, like, and, like, in, like, that old-timey script. Like, good, good, on the other hand.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're just out we there. We should make a
1: video or an animation for it sometime.
0: Digging for movies from the 80s and 90s. Uh, so, what is this movie for you?
1: You go first.
0: I think this one, ugh, I just think it's a bad, bad. I think I think part of me wants to call it a bad good. It's certainly not, yep. it's certainly not a good, good. But, like, there's just not, there's not much redeeming about it, because it's, nope. you know, there's, it's just, it doesn't have, it's kind that of boring. it doesn't have, yeah, it doesn't have that layer, like Small Soldiers, where, I think Small Soldiers, like, for all of its flaws, like, gets by on the chaos pretty well, <laughs> and, <Yes. laughs> and Chucky, there's just not enough chaos, it's just like, and now, probably back into the bedroom, and, oh, there's Chucky again, like, With a knife (laughs) Yes let's head out into the uh, living room And uh, struggle with him upon the couch
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let's put him in the fireplace Oops the fire didn't kill him Nope Um, Shoot him in the heart What do you mean the heart (laughs) movie (laughs) What do you mean Where have you been shooting him before The not heart
0: Yeah. Like you were going for limbs Shot his head off that wasn't good enough (laughs) Uh, Yeah so like it's it would be bad good if there was more going on And I was in a better mood But I think bad bad
1: I think it's bad bad And I'll give it like an honorable mention for being You know It's a bad bad that you should maybe watch To like check in like with bad bads as a genre
0: <laughs> Right it, To remind you like how good bad good movies can be
1: Right there To, to This is yeah I think bad bad it'll have to do But with an asterisk Yes
0: uh, so Noah, we're in that, uh, we're in that one, one, two pocket right now between our films. Should we, uh, would you like to preface our guest interview today?
1: Well, when we were coming up with the, the, uh, genre here, I just thought it would be so interesting. I'm always thinking like, you know, what would be interesting to me? Like, cause that's what it is. I mean, this podcast is for, you know, my pure pleasure. Um, <laughs> but it's. I was thinking, like, what would be an interesting aspect of this genre. And I was like, well, there's a toy store that's, like, a couple blocks away from my apartment. Like, why don't I go in and just be like, hey, what's up?
0: Yeah. Talk to an expert about toys. Someone who spends all day around them.
1: But really, Chance, I have to tell you that, like, I went in with one plan and one plan only. Which was to, like, butter them up with softball questions. And then ask them, do you think your toys, like come to life when you turn out the lights at the end of the night
0: (laughs) and i think uh shelly politely rebuked you
1: so here we have my conversation with shelly kramer the owner and proprietor of play kids toy store here in uh, prospect lefford's gardens in brooklyn So I'm here with Shelly Kramer at the Play Kids Toy Store here on Flatbush Avenue in Brooklyn in Lefferts Gardens. Shelly, thank you so much for doing this.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, we're in this great little toy store. Shelly, tell me a little bit about, you know, when you opened the store and why you decided to open it here and, you know, what you were doing, what were you thinking going in?
2: So we opened our store in November of 2011. Prior to that, I was a stay-at-home mom for four years. We had a two-year-old and a four-year-old at the time that we opened the store. And it was important for my husband and I to open a business in our neighborhood that we lived in because we wanted to be a part of the community even more than just living here.
1: So tell me a little bit about like the kinds of toys that you stock here. And do you have like a mission when you like think about like the kind of toys that would appeal to certain kids like... What kind of stuff do you like to stock here?
2: There's basically two missions when we started. The first one was I did not want anything that was really battery operated. So I wasn't looking at video games, handheld devices, anything that basically directed a child how to play. I wanted toys that were open-ended and that really had to use an imaginative quality to play with a toy. Or that, you know, like let's say one child would pick it up and it's a boat and the next child could pick it up and it's an airplane. Something that was not directed. Um, And then I also felt that like looking at how kids are developing now, that they're getting enough technology through their parents' phone, through the iPad, through computers at home, and we—I di- didn't really need to be selling additional devices for that. The other um, thing that I was looking into was actually more Brooklyn-based designers. Cool. So we worked with quite a few over the years. Some, um, and then I feel like as des- you know, as Brooklyn is, people move away, and then other people move in. So it's really in- it been interesting each year that I feel like we find new designers, have different product each year. Um, that are either Brooklyn based or New York city based.
1: So as a a mom and a toy seller, like, what do you think, what do you think kids like, what, what is it about toys that like kids just like, they light up and they like, have to go, like there's a kid right now playing behind us. Like, what is it about? Like his face just like lit up when he came into the store. Like, what is that? What is that thing?
2: I think it's like, they know that it's a space designed specifically for them, um, I really try to use colors that are relaxing and have an environment that's really open and free and without a lot of restrictions. And I think that they know that it's just designed for them. It's not, you know, we have toys outside, our toys out on display for kids to play with. I think that's important for them to interact with the stuff that they're mm-hmm. that we sell here so they can try it out.
1: And do you see, like, you know, you've been here for a couple of years, but do you see, like, the kinds of toys the kids are just running to, does that change, or is it just sort of, is it universal, is it always the same?
2: Honestly, it's pretty universal. I feel like at, e- at each age, you can kind of direct or dictate what a child's going to play with. So, like, at age two, it's usually trains. At age three and four, it's more like the dollhouses and a more imaginative play. At around five, six, it's more into building. So there's developmental milestones that are pretty telltale with every child, and it goes from there.
1: Where do you think that, is, that idea, like the, the movies that we're doing this week are focused on... Um like toys that sort of come to life like where do you think that comes from that idea that like you know we sort of wish that like these these inanimate things sort of like come to life and do you sort of you know do you see that like with the kids that come in here
2: I see with the kids that come in here but I also go from my own experience when I was little I play with toys for hours and all of my toys had personalities and stories and though and when I put my toys away the personalities and stories never ended Mm -hmm. so it reminds me a lot of that like And I was really, like, if my parents would call, like, my toy, like, just a train and not, like, the specific name, I would get offended that they didn't, like, use the specific name that I had, you know, given that train or that doll or that Barbie. Um, And I see the same thing even in my kids. And that's actually what really modeled a lot of our business is, like, how my kids play with stuff. Because I kind of feel at the end of the day, like, most kids are going to be similar no matter where you're from or where you live or what you know. We all play the same way.
1: So I have to ask... um do you think because I got here a little bit early but when the lights were off and everything, do you think, you know, during the night that maybe some of your toys like do come alive? Do you ever notice things like moved around or anything?
2: Sorry. Um, at this point I do not think they come alive, and if things move around, I'm probably gonna blame something else and it's not the toys. It's more the neighborhood <laughs> yeah. than the, than the
1: toys. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So are there like events or anything coming up? Like what's sort of the plan for the future, the next few months for the store?
2: Um, we do a lot in November and December gearing up for the holiday season. So mid-november is love your neighborhood Toy store day. So we usually have free stuff out for that. Um the day after things are the day after Black Friday is always small business Saturday. So we do, you know, we'll have food and samples and drinks usually. And during the holiday season, we usually have Santa Claus come to the store. we do um, we have a little Christmas giveaway. where kids at a homeless shelter. So we really try to give back to the community in ways. And also, um, and we're going to work on now to do more like game nights, which will be like the new direction we're going. I'm seeing a big trend in tabletop games or um, and just for both like family and adults. So that's one direction that we're looking into this year.
1: That's very cool. Um, anything you want to add about, you know, the neighborhood or the, you know, the things that you see sort of happening in the toy world or anything that you think is sort of interesting for our listeners to know about in, the, in terms of, you know, what a toy means?
2: Um, Two things. I would encourage anyone or everyone to open a business in their neighborhood. It's been a really great experience. I feel that it's given me a different aspect of our community and of our neighbors. And it's really great to really know your customers. Uh, And the second thing is that in the toy industry, there's definitely like the trend of retro still continuing and um, seeing a lot of technology based toys. That are more like geared towards coding and stuff like that, but not su- like it's still like hands on, which I appreciate. It's not just like sitting in front of a computer typing away. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at more stuff like that that um, I feel like you can teach kids skills that they're going to need for the future, but that's still not encouraging them to sit in front of a computer for hours.
1: Sure. Do you think that I mean that there is like a lot of importance like when you're developing to be able to like touch and feel things and put things together and stuff like that that you can't get from a, a computer?
2: Oh, totally. I feel like I mean it's the whole thing of like why are the classic toys classic? Like a stack of building blocks like you need to know if you build it so high it's going to fall. Like you'll never get that from a computer. Like you need to know that like how to snap things together properly, how to zip up a zipper properly. It's like these life skills that like you just can't learn sitting in front of a computer. Yes, there might be an app where you drag your finger, but that's not really how it works in real life. Right.
1: Well, Shelley, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I've never really thought about like the side of the toy store before, (laughs) Um, you know. you have to let us know, though, if you do come in and there's, like, toys running around and uh, <laughs> something like that. But that would be interesting. But thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Um, and everybody who lives in Brooklyn should come down to play kids, and
2: uh, check it out. It's great. We're at 668 Flatbush.
0: Okay, where do we go from here, buddy?
1: So now we have some toys that I think I think it makes sense to do Small Soldiers now, which are toys... That are still hell bent on destruction But like let's bring in Joe Dante and see what he Can do and make them like a little Less like creepy but Like not any less violent And let's add like a Swooping Children's movies sort of Commentary on corporate America
0: absolutely that's uh, Joe Dante uh, director of Such films as uh, gremlins The burbs the howling did
1: you watch The Burbs? Did we watch The Burbs? No, but you did. I watched The Burbs. This movie is strangely the same movie as The Burbs except it's not like weird neighbors, it's these toys.
0: Yeah, cuz you've got that suburban like satire going on.
1: But for the yeah, and for the most part it's dealing with suburban satire and it's dealing like just set-wise like on one street in one anywhere American town.
0: So to synopsize this movie, I texted you the first five minutes of this movie are possibly the most 90s five minutes ever filmed. Oh, yeah. You have a showdown between uh, uh, geeks and a a guy in a suit. Uh, Jay Moore, David Cross, Dennis Leary is their boss for Globotech. There's instantly a driver who uh, paints the picture between... um, you know, sweeping corporate globalization and and the dying independent stores under their foot. Uh, And it's just like a lot of 90s characters, some fast talk. It's, this movie is deeply of its time and interesting for it.
1: Absolutely. This movie is, what I love about this movie is like, and what I love about, I think Joe Dante or whoever just sort of like was the spirit behind this movie and getting it off the ground was that it's, hysterically and cynically so against like corporatization of any kind. But then it also knows that you're going to see this movie with your kids who are then going to buy a ton of small soldiers, toys and merchandise. Yes. So it's both like deeply critical of this system of like how toys are marketed and then does it, if not in a worse way, marketing their own merchandise
0: artistically this movie kind of like rips you off the check that dennis leary rips off and pays people with at the end it's like you're in the bag i hope you enjoyed it
1: right um because even with like the the corporate humor that's really just for the parents and not for the kids who are just there to see the extended commercial of the action figure they're going to buy 90 minutes after the movie lets out yep um it's it's a long commercial for that thing yeah and I remember, like, watching this movie again. You know, even from it, movie like has commercial for the toy, not unlike the way it was actually sold in the actual movie. Yeah, and that's and sort of Dennis how it Leary starts. Says,
0: Wish we could have done that in the commercial, as if to say, like, what a great commercial that was for the kids. Right. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so, what but ha- like you
1: said, it's deeply like of its time, and it's so unapologetically a commercial for the for these toys. Yeah. That it almost finds it's like weird sort of balance Mm -hmm. and like almost becomes like a coherent and sort of like well put together movie. I would say almost Um. whether or not it's pulled (laughs) off, but I would say like the structure of this movie and like the highs that it hits the narrative structure of it. Like it makes sense in a way that certainly beats child's play on level of plausibility.
0: Oh, definitely, and just level of entertainment
1: Because it's closer to, like, the Terminator Than it is to, like, Freddy Krueger
2: Major Chip Hazard Reporting for duty, sir
1: Wow, voice activated Commandos, Tim, hit Tail soldiers Rick Bazooka, ready to spring into action Watch prepared to go to distance Hit nitro demolition <laughs> Kip sharp as a razor. You are the best of the best Heartland play systems. I'm having trouble with the commando elite. Ah. It's like they're alive. Let's roll some armor We got us a war to win
0: So what happens in this movie is uh that This sort of small ish toy operation run by jay moore and uh David Cross gets bought up by by Dennis Leary, who's maybe like this evil Richard Branson type of the 90s um, and is instantly like, uh, you know, how are we going to sell these toys? And David Cross is like, Oh, I have these cool sort of like Tolkien-esque monsters that will help the kids learn and and, and feel their way through this new life. And Dennis Larry's like, Can I kill anything? Let's get something that kills. And Jay Moore's like, Um, I'm a sellout waiting in the wings. I've got these cool soldiers. And like he shows him a demonstration where it punches through the box, and Dennis Larry's like, Can it actually punch through the box? And Jay Moore's like, Um, of course not. And he's like, Well, why well, why don't you buy some some military grade microchips to put in these toys these uh, uh what are they commando elite is the is the soldier toys. Elite and the uh and the gorgonites
1: is the the gorgonites the David from Kron- gorgon
0: indeed <laughs> um i am archer <laughs> emissary of the gorgon <laughs> of you <know>, the gorgonites <laughs> frank langella i believe is that vocal performance
1: the, the vocal performance caliber in this movie is unbelievable it's superb did you look at the imdb
0: uh, well, it's Tommy Lee Jones, obviously.
1: You have Ernest Borgnine, All-American Jim Brown, Bruce Dern, George Kennedy, Whoa. Clint Walker, Christopher Guest, Michael McKean, Harry Shearer, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Christina I, Ricci. I
0: did not go far enough down on the IMDb, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So these toys are like poised to be the next big thing. And then in Anywhere Town, USA, we have our uh, our main our main kid, uh, Alan Abernathy. Whose dad Kevin Dunn runs this uh, very like very staid toy store that refuses to like get into like technology and especially like violent toys. With well, it, yeah. so Kevin Dunn is like out of town for the weekend, and Alan is looking after the store. And uh, and here drives by like this local <laughs> like freight driver, toy freight driver who Alan knows.
1: Well, it's the toy delivery guy. They oh, like that's order right. from
0: this guy. And he's got a bunch on the back of the truck that he and knows. he delivers
1: like the boring, like wooden train set. And then he's also like, "What are these what are in these boxes?" And then, like the kind of creepy older guy is like, "I don't know. Let's take him inside and open them <laughs> up." And they open them up. and there's these commando elites. and, you know, uh, Alan Alan is just like, well, I want to make some money here and show my dad I can do this and show that I'm enterprising." So he like, Steals them essentially from the company to see if he can sell them but then yeah then they he accidentally activates them and because they're like military grade weapons they like go to work and they're hellbent on killing the Gorgonites
0: yes indeed Uh, and they break out and they destroy the store and they end up destroying the entire neighborhood and like almost killing the whole Abernathy family, as well as the uh, family, the Fimples, uh, their neighbors. Uh, Kirsten Dunst is Alan's love interest. Uh, the dad is Phil Hartman. And there's a there's a mom, a drunk mom and a little boy in there as well. Yeah. So then they have to ultimately face down these, uh, I'll let Noah say it, or I'll say it for him, titular small soldiers.
1: Oh, yeah, there they are.
0: Okay, so what's what's good about this movie, like we have already said, is just like how much is going on, how smart it is about like what it is, um, how it sort of understands like the, the just steroidization of 90s consumer culture where you like have all these guys who like are basically like the cast of Predator um, with like sure. the same sort of, uh,
1: you know. But they're toys, they're like such an innocuous size.
0: It's true, it's true, but, like, in their sort of, uh, you know, in their body, their body shapes are ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It's like... Uh, They're
1: action figures. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the Gorgonites are so hideous, but sort of, like, cute. Yes. And I, like, I felt such empathy for Archer. As did, did you know? I.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Every time Archer was in some sort of danger, I'm like, I just hope he pulls through. Like, the programming for these toys is, like, pretty complex.
0: Yes, it's complex, and yet this movie doesn't really make a lot of sense
1: to me. No, if you, <laughs> if you if you hold it up to any sort of light, this movie doesn't make a lick of sense. And there are like some there are some like more striking than others examples of like that.
0: Right, because the toys can't feel anything, right?
1: Right, except for like, I think maybe like. A spirit of vengeance Right Right but they can't feel pain Well ostensibly they can't feel pain Like no Why would you let the toy feel pain
0: Right Um, Like
1: why would you have put in a nervous system For this thing
0: Yeah and then of course But like there's just like a lot of like Toys crying out in pain When they're like
1: dismembered
0: (laughs) Or dragged on a bike or something Right or put in the
1: garbage disposal
0: The other thing I really didn't understand was the same chip technologies in the Gorgonites, right? Well,
1: it just seems like such a, a design flaw of under, like there should be a line of code, you know, a la Westworld, like under no circumstances are the toys going to target people right. for like any reason. The toys shouldn't want to fuck There would be no or circumstances. Or <laughs> right, these are not, we're not in Westworld. Like it doesn't have to be so realistic. Like just run after, don't make weapons. Right. You know, yeah, but yeah, it it just seems like that would have been the first thing you like program in there.
0: Let's talk about how it looks though, because uh, you pointed out why early on. It it because of I think what they're the constraints they have to work with to get actually people like interacting. They can't CGI everything,
1: um, right? And also the fact I, I that I would these, argue they probably didn't CGI much,
0: right? Except for faces, perhaps.
1: The um, toy faces, maybe, yeah because of
0: that and the fact that like these are supposed to be sort of mechanical things anyway,
1: it looks really good. It does look really good. Well, that's the thing. Like they didn't need to CGI like the sort of Frankenstein lawnmower and this thing, like the, one of the toys riding it, you just like put one of the toys in there with like a little motor in the inside of it. And then like
0: pull all the way in on the camera.
1: Yeah. You pull all the way into the camera and have it on an RC car, like remote control. Yeah. Like, and it looks good because like, it's so quick and there's so much of it. I mean, at one point it looked like Mad Max Fury Road with like all their like weird tricked out like lawn equipment figures like, like rolling down the hill towards this bike. Yeah. Uh,
0: no matter what I think of like the crazy vacillations between adult and kids speak, or how bad Gregory Smith is as
1: Alan. He's horrible. He's really bad. But by the did you ever watch him in Everwood? No. He was a little bit better there, but yeah, he is definitely a like a maybe last or tied for last in like most annoying kid award. He's not worse than the kid in, Indian in the cover, but he's very very bad. Um. <laughs> but Kirsten did, <laughs> okay.
0: Kirsten Dunst is, is good. Kirsten Dunst, I'm so I was so watching her here and being like 16 and being like you're, you know, knowing in like 7 years you're going to be like a major major movie star. But here right. I need to pre- you to pretend that you're really Feeling this sort of like vindictive joy About hitting Barbie dolls with batons And she does it Yeah, She does a good job
1: that's what, um, that, But when it builds
0: uh, to the war that you're talking about yeah, That's a good set piece
1: Yeah, and then it's like a good one too Where they're like You know, the mom gets to play a little tennis mm-hmm. And uh, You know, the dad gets shot with the corn Like holders in the leg
0: It has that home alone sort of inventiveness to it yeah. You know, where somebody looked around a kitchen and looked around a garage, and it's just like, uh, what kind of like uh, violent but not too violent stuff could we do with this? And the stuff they came yeah. up with is pretty entertaining.
1: Yeah. Let's set our studs to stun, <laughs> uh, not kill. <laughs> oh, that's funny. What I like about this movie as compared to like a um, child's play yeah. is that. You know, one of the child's play, like, things is that, like, no one ever believes that the toys are alive. Right. Or that the toy's alive. Where in this one, like, they are very alive. Yeah. And they, like, don't get... I mean, they, like, are stealthy. But they never... There's never a moment where they, like, freeze and, like, pretend that they're just toys.
0: Well, what you're talking about is... Plays into... The Sort of the brilliance of the Joe Dante comedy And how he's positioned them Is that like It's not that these toys are evil And trying to trick you It's that they're programmed to do one thing And when they have like a single track mind Comedy ensues Because they respond to people who are complex In like one single kind of Automatonic way And that's funny
1: Right I mean there's some pretty big like Were you sort of bothered by the The sort of technology jump When they're, like, they turn the Barbies into... That just seemed like a weird, out-of-place scene. Very much so. These dolls, like, don't have, like... They're not gonna... They don't have, like, a system to plug into. It's not like they were just peaceful live-action dolls up until this point. They, like, right. didn't have... They, they were Barbies. They don't have, like, like motors in them. There's nothing like, in how there. Do you, there's nothing in there. So, like, there's all these shots then with, like, the Barbies' melted head, and you can see, like, the chip coming out of their brain. It's, like... It's not like they had, like... It's like they just needed a brain and then they would have come alive. You know, that was sort of where I drew the line in terms of plausibility. Well,
0: yeah, this is... That's a symptom of the problem that I ultimately have with the movie. It gave me a little bit of like... got a little bit of Roger Rabbit in terms of like a movie trying to talk really dramatically in two different voices to people in the audience. And where something like Toy Story... In its cuteness and its generosity of spirit Is really good In the Pixar model of appealing to everyone In the crowd This movie sort of like manically swung Between like insane sight gag for the kids And then just like uh, And then an an insane Clip of like references For the adults just like sort of like you know, the the toys screwing up, uh, like, famous general speeches and quotes from Apocalypse Now, um, and just yeah. kind of, like, making fun of, like, catchphrasing 80s action stars. And I found that to be just, like, I don't know, like, it was attacking two different sides of my brain instead of just kind of...
1: Well, it becomes like a weird almost, I mean, it's almost like that that one toy in the Gorgonites like is a microcosm for the movie. It becomes like a weird sort of Frankenstein film. Yes. Of these like horror montages then mixed with these sort of like 90s co- like action comedy kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it ultimately like I'm not sure what this movie is. It's a mess. This is a crazy movie.
0: If I were more daring, I would try to make an argument for good, good, but I'm more comfortable just saying, like, it's a great, bad, good.
1: Right. I have to totally, like, at the beginning of this, I was, like, feeling something growing in my chest. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go for good, good. I feel and the more hot we take talk,
0: steaming inside me.
1: <laughs> I did feel that hot take coming, uh, coming up to, but I, you know, I swallowed it, like, about halfway through. And decided that, yeah, I'll agree with you it's, It is a most glorious Bad good And it's
0: on Netflix right now, by the way We should have said that earlier But, like, check it if out you're,
1: If you're looking to kill 90 minutes It's it's pretty unbelievable
0: Because I think I always thought this movie was, like, trash Because of, I think, what you were talking about Like, the the materialistic implication I always took from it Like, this is a movie about army men being violent Trying to sell you army men But, like, there's a lot of funny observations in there Yeah should we go to 1995's uh, The Indian in the Cupboard?
1: The Indian in the Cupboard. Yeah, like I said, I don't think I've seen this movie since it originally came out. Yeah, same. Um, same. It is a movie that is only a premise. Uh-huh. You put this your toy into this <laughs> cupboard, and if you lock the cupboard and then unlock the cupboard and open the cupboard... The toy is alive.
0: Yeah, because your but, mom's, like, mad into keys or something, and that's what happens.
1: Yeah, Mom, grab the key box. We got a new chest, you know. Oh. Uh, so I was reading the IMDb, before we get into the plot of this movie, because it hangs, it's, a, it's the story of a young boy and his, his, his time with these toys. That's yeah. all you really need to know. Right. But before we get into that, in the IMDb trivia, it says that 100 boys were auditioned for the role (laughs) of Aubrey. 100 boys. Really? Why, at at number 100, did Frank Oz stop everything he was doing and say, we'll do this boy shall, or whatever?
0: (laughs) He wanted a boy. With a frighteningly breathy voice, who is completely inaudible, who has like a V between his two front teeth that are constantly jutting out so far. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh no!
1: Um, And my reference to explain it for a second was that uh, Frank Oz, who directed this film, is also famous for being Yoda in the Star Wars films.
0: I, I, you didn't have to explain it to me.
1: Tooth gap he shall have. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh man.
1: Um Yeah, it's a pretty he's, he's He's one of the most horrifying child actors I think we've dealt with here in the podcast, and maybe that I've seen. No. Little Bear, why won't you behave? <laughs> oh, why did you do that? You don't deserve that hair. <laughs> Oh, what a fucked up line. It's very difficult to like root for this 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 weirdo that we that like and he's also like not only is he weird, he's sort of like his parents are weird. Oh, there's and, and you like kind of get why he's weird, but you don't like hate him any less. Right. And then like because he's weird and his parents are weird for his birthday he gets a cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> I just I think wonder the weird, I would say like the biggest flaw I'd say in this movie Is that this boy is not homeschooled
0: That's a great
1: point <laughs> I like that so much Cause um, it could have gone f- far deeper Down the rabbit hole Like had he had no interaction with anyone outside His like very familial bubble Yeah Jacob
0: Tremblay in rooms Better socialized than this kid Oh definitely Believe your eyes cupboard that has a magic key i put a plastic in me and in the cupboard and he came alive you are so real yes are you open your mind He is a real iroquois man he talks he eats he trusts me that's very interesting good imagination it makes this figurine of and i hope this will be the last time i say this indian come Alive in the cupboard A very, very small figurine that his friend
1: The titular Indian gets put into the titular cupboard <laughs> and, and
0: comes alive and Comes alive He's instantly like but, but, okay
1: That's the weird thing about this movie What? Is that it's not And the the sort of the way it buys into the magic of the cupboard It's not that the toy is coming to life It's the toy is Being drawn from a universe somewhere Well, yeah, it's being replaced from It's, like, what it is by the actual thing. Like, what the toy is supposed to represent. Yeah. An actual one of those, like, comes into existence.
0: So an Iroquois
1: from the... Who, like, just, like, blinked, and then they were suddenly, like, in this cupboard with this huge boy who's now staring at them. And then, like, they have a whole life behind them. Right. Yeah. And a set of memories and... You know, they're not just like the small soldiers You're right Guys, they're like people You can't use people So
0: So Little Bear Is an Iroquois From the year like 1760 He's like in the middle of the French and Indian War And then right. he shows up in this guy's uh, House He was just and, in a,
1: on a walk in the woods with his nephew That's right Um,
0: And then, you know the same thing happens with uh,
1: Steve Coogan appears uh, when they put in... Oh a- man, this this movie has a pretty interesting cast for being, you know, horrible.
0: Right, yeah, they put it... Before we get to that, it's, I mean, he puts in like an army medic and Steve Coogan comes back to dress some wounds. They put in a, a cowboy on a horse and, and David Keith comes back as Boone the cowboy. But uh, but go where you're going because there's one specific person in this movie.
1: Um, wait, who's the specific person? Well, Vincent Carthizer. Oh yeah, well there's the yeah, there's uh, Pete Campbell from Mad Men who's the totally underused, like shitty older brother. Right.
0: Who like yeah, doesn't really have a personality other than to be like, why are you fucking with my rat in the ball? <laughs> like bring it back. And, like,
1: <laughs> and I also like when Omri kicks the rat like he like that's shitty. The rat. Yeah, that's like that's that showed to me like I think Omri's like kind of, you know, psychotic. Like, he may, like, have sort of murderous tendencies. And if this is, like, the delusion that he's... Because he's the protagonist of the story, and he's, like, sort of our... We're at a very close third person here being in a movie. Yes. But, like, did you take this movie sort of as an allegory for, like, this kid, like, totally, like, losing... Like, the whole thing's in his head.
0: Um, no, I no, I don't actually... I don't believe that's what it was trying to say. Interesting. Do you think that's what it was trying to say?
1: I got this, like, weird feeling seeing this movie again and then like kind of being horribly bored by it. And then like trying to find a deeper read to it. It almost feels like it's like, yeah, it's, it's supposed to sort of say like this boy actually believes this. Like, didn't you believe it too at one point? It's sort of like that sentimental about it. But I don't think if you notice the way that these things happen around, like the adults and how it's, like, affected by the real world. Like, it's not, a, like, it never comes into play or really contact with the real world.
0: Yeah, like, it, as if to be like, it was all in the mind of a child. That's what
1: I'm, that's what I'm thinking.
0: That would probably make it a better film if that were a little more uh, drawn out in some way. But, it, there, yeah, there is something weird about when you raise the question of, like, why on earth did Frank Oz, like, pick this Incapable of a child actor I wonder if he did sort of feel like I need someone who has like Moons for eyeballs Like I need kind of like a weirdo To make you feel like This sense of alien wonder that's alien to you now
1: I was like prepared to make a case For this movie being either like creepy Or like racist And because just nothing happens in it It's hard to like go either way (laughs) with it
0: Yeah that's an interesting point.
1: It, it's just so inoffensively... It's it's Sure, it's tone-deaf, like, of course, in its title. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just a product of its time, unfortunately, and, like, the source material it came from, which is a novel. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's really too bad that, like, we consider an ethnicity of people a, like, genre of toy, like, cop or, or soldier or something. But right. that's what it's going
1: off. Right. So, but if you can get past that, like, the... Its message is like a pretty sort of charming and inoffensive, like, you know, the Native Americans had some good points. Maybe we should uh, listen to them. End scene.
0: But did you not find it just incredibly weird? And considering that nothing happened, like just in a, a, a strange reach at the end when Little Bear goes like, and the Iroquois are still a great people, right? And they have this like, Again excruciating Like look at each other And the little boy's like yes you are Great people and Little bear is like you know what I fucking meant kid Like are we still around and he's like Oh I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) And it's like Why is that in this movie Where like the little boy has to tell him That like white people are going to like Destroy his people's way of life In the succeeding 200 years why does that happen? It's unclear. <laughs> but it's also, like, the biggest, like, swing this movie takes
1: politically, right? It is. It and it is. happens in the last 40 seconds. <laughs> right. But that's the thing, too. Like, it, I don't think it earns it. So it, like, just becomes another, like, weird, ridiculous thing about this movie. Yeah.
0: And this movie also... Of all the movies, this is the one where, like, I just didn't understand the why. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, if he doesn't want to be there, send him back. Um, If you don't want the cowboy and the Indian to fight each other, uh, put the cowboy in the drawer and actually close the drawer. Um, If you don't want the rat to eat the, to eat little bear, go to a different room. Like, I didn't understand. (laughs) There's so many, like, if you don't want two inch tall toys to kill each
1: other, uh, you know, don't let them. What? Right. Uh, immediately send one of them back? Yeah. Put it, it back didn't in the cupboard. Make sense. Right. It did
0: not make sense. But I'm an adult. I've forgotten this manner of
1: of thinking. Is, well, it's also like this weirdly kind of like why are we holding toys captive? Kind of like it, it almost treats toys like you never you never realize. Like it's sort of like that you ever seen the brave little toaster? Mhm. You know, it's like your toaster has feelings and your vacuum has feelings. You shouldn't throw away any of your things. You know, this is sort of even worse. It's almost like you shouldn't go to the zoo because like these animals should just be free kind of thing. It's like, don't buy toys. Toys should just be roaming the world in their normal timelines. Which doesn't make sense. Which doesn't make, that's not, that's not a feeling to have about anything. (laughs) Um, So this
0: movie You know, all due respect to Whimsy is a bad bad.
1: But way badder bad than uh, Child's Play. Yes, Child's
0: Play is almost bad good. This is a hard bad bad.
1: So what did we learn about toys this week, Chance?
0: Well, I think what I learned about the genre, at least, is that part of the reason Toy Story is so great is because Andy is also uh, computer graphics. And the reason you love him and his connection to the toys so much is... Because they all exist on the same frame And they're not like some weird Moon-faced kid acting with nothing I think like More props for Toy Story in that sense Uh, More props for Toy Story for like You know, shelling out for like voice actors Like Small Soldiers did
1: Yeah But like I'd have to say like Small Soldiers Of all three of these movies is like The most interesting
0: Oh, it's easily the best and most interesting
1: But it's definitely like not great it's not wow. Toy Story grade. What about you? Toys? Uh, I miss toys. I miss playing with like my Batman stuff. I was thinking about my Batman this week. Sweetheart. It it's been such a pleasure to to talk about other toy stories with you, Chance. Indeed. And to meet members of my community also interested in toys.
0: Absolutely. Um if you want to hear more episodes besides these uh, you know, these apocryphal toy stories Head to uh, berealpodcast.com And you can find We're on a pretty cool run of guests We had uh, a local Portland film critic Talking about Charlie Theron last week We had uh, a friend of the pod Joe Kozel, Talking about Chris Nolan movies Or uh, in, our, in our war rescue movies episode We had uh, uh, Noah's friend and client Nick White on talking about the big six So our back catalog Looking pretty strong right now
1: yeah. And if you want us to continue getting great guests like this, if you get a chance, just go onto the podcast page, give us a five star rating, say, these guys are funny. Thank you to all the people that have already done it. Um, yeah. But yeah, the more reviews we get, the more inclined people when they search us to say yes to an interview. And that keeps our content interesting. So
0: it keeps us ambitious. So thanks in advance. My friend, sir. Uh, you know I just still I don't want to make you any jokes You don't deserve
1: hair that good <laughs> What did that refer to? It was when the kid robbed him And he like and took he his had like change a very And he, he had the haircut Mohawk? that like most It's the haircut that most professional baseball players have right now It's like a lot on the top And like nothing really on the sides Right And yeah And for some reason uh, Omri Was like that's the the jerk store called And they're running out of you (laughs) Except his was you don't deserve a haircut That good
0: Oh man yeah truly these movies really Took all our jokes Uh,
1: Okay buddy talk to you later Until that glorious moment
0: I guess I'm a toy That is broken I guess We're just old